Welcome to Becoming Boundary, the podcast that teaches you how to say yes to the space you need and the connection you crave. I'm your host, Krista Resnick. I'm a master life coach and boundary expert for women. I'm also a sought-after speaker and mother to three adultish sons. It wasn't that long ago that I was a boundary disaster. My time never felt like my own. I couldn't set a boundary and speak my truth. And my most important relationships suffered greatly. Fast forward to today and I've successfully coached thousands of women to heal from their people-pleasing patterns and step into true freedom and confidence. I created Becoming Boundary to help you do the same. Be sure to tune in for tips and tools from me, interviews with other incredible coaches and therapists and speakers, plus one-on-one live coaching calls and so much more. If you're ready to start setting healthy boundaries so you can create the space you need and the connection you crave, then you're in the right space. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Becoming Boundaried. Today, I have a live coaching session for you, and this one was really, really interesting. And I totally confess, I had a little bit of trouble navigating exactly where I needed to go in this session because there were there were sort of two topics that we could have gone down really either road, but my uh, coachee, Janelle, really wanted to go down this road of how to set boundaries with friends and family because she was in this perhaps unhealthy relationship trying to navigate those kind of choppy waters and she knew that her friends and family would not really be pleased with perhaps her trying to really work through the issues in this relationship. Now, part of me was really curious around why Janelle, of course, wanted to be in this relationship. They had broken up, they had taken some space from one another. And so it was a little bit tricky for me to to navigate, you know, as I mentioned. Janelle came into the session not so much concerned with the issues in her relationship, but almost more concerned with how her friends and family were going to respond to her trying to make this relationship work. My concern as a coach was that we often seek out relationships in our adult life that feel similar to the unfinished business that we had with parents or, or parents, caregivers. Another way to say that is we often seek out what feels familiar. So Janelle found herself sort of in the throes of this tumultuous, unhealthy, even turning to abusive relationship. Now, the good news as you will listen to this session is that Janelle's partner really, from her perspective, feels broken and is craving change and is beginning to do the work for his own healing and growth. Typically with someone who has true narcissistic behavior, uh, and of course narcissism, as I've mentioned before, is a term that, you know, it's kind of a hot term in today's world. We're all of a sudden, you know, everybody's a narcissist. So we want to be careful when using that terminology. But Janelle did use that term when it came to, you know, sharing with me a little bit about her relationship and her partner. But typically with a true narcissist, you won't even see them step foot in a therapist's office often because they don't think that there's anything wrong. It's just the partner that needs to get fixed. Janelle shared with me very clearly that he craves change for himself, which is a great sign. 
where my curiosity lied was, are we talking a true narcissist or are we speaking about somebody who has a lot of protective patterns that look like gaslighting, criticism, uh, judgment, these aggressive type patterns that with deep trauma healing work can really come to a place of self-worth, self-love, secure attachment, and really in years to come, create a healthy relationship. We don't know. We don't, we don't have the answer to that. So I, I did unpack some of that with Janelle, you'll hear that in this session. And then we dove into the work of setting boundaries and you know, understanding that of course her friends and family would have concern. Of course they would based on these old behaviors that they saw, these old habits that they saw. Of course they would be bringing to light some, some concerns. And Janelle really wanted to learn the art of boundary setting. And I think what will be helpful for her is this piece of really learning to regulate her nervous system so that she can drop in and connect with herself and speak her truth from a place of true connection. No matter if it's friends or family, no matter if it's this partnership, no matter the relationship, that part of connecting with yourself, learning how to regulate your nervous system, connecting with your truth is really where we sort of landed and what I think is going to really help Janelle in any relationship moving forward. So before listening to this episode, consider, do you always try to play the role of peacekeeper? Do you believe it is your job to fix other people's problems? Do you find that you often walk on eggshells? Are you often the one in your relationships trying to keep the peace? Did you have a tumultuous childhood and are you repeating those patterns in your adult relationships? Do you crumble and fall apart when it's time to set a boundary? Friends, enjoy my coaching episode with Janelle. Janelle, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Krista. Thank you for having me. Okay, so my question is, um, I've been in a relationship, in and out of a relationship now um, for eight years with um, my partner who we have had a lot of difficult times. So yeah, we've been together, splitting up, you know, off and on during that time. I feel that he shows quite narcissistic traits and I feel that I've got codependency issues so we've got the typical kind of narcissistic codependency thing going on um, we've recently split up again umpteenth time and recently we, we, we got back in touch and he's seeking psychiatric help and wanting to do everything um, in the meanwhile you know family and friends are very anti him anti the situation and we're talking and I'm not being honest with people and I'm really nervous about being on being honest with people because of kind of the backlash I'm going to get so I'm, I'm getting a little bit kind of caught up in I'm really kind of like spending a lot of time analyzing the situation, getting nervous, speaking to people because I feel like I'm going to be dishonest to them. If they say, oh, have you heard from, you know, have you heard from him? What do I say? So suddenly I feel like I'm getting a little bit lost with, with I feel, I feel it's a boundary issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Boundary um, with friends and family. Yeah, I mean, at first I was thinking boundary issue with him. I know there has been boundary issues with him, but I, I said to him, you know, my, my partner, I would only ever entertain this if he was going to get some serious, serious help with it. Um, and lo and behold, he's actually doing that. Mm. Um, 
I know that family and friends then they just they just don't want to they just don't want to hear it there'll be an awful lot of um oh yeah of course it is and a, and a couple of my friends are I actually feel they probably wouldn't speak to me again mm. and that makes me really nervous and a part of me say, is saying to myself well are they kind of the friends you need to have around you anyway yeah but I'm finding I'm avoiding them yeah I can't be honest yeah really common Janelle really common absolutely yeah. And I just acknowledge you for coming on and, and sharing all this, this and seeking out some support and seeking out some help because this is a complicated issue. There's a lot of different facets and dimensions to this. So describe to me, Janelle, some of the issues from your perspective in the relationship. Yeah, so um, there's been jealousy um there's been gaslighting um you know sort of emotional bullying verbal um, mental there's been a lot of stuff towards towards the very end it started to get physical there was some physical violence um and I had to call the police so we're talking pretty you know this stuff's not good that's been going on Mm -hmm. uh, and it's got worse and worse over time enhanced by alcohol and drugs and gambling this is him by the way not me um so and he's got a very very traumatic backgrounds so I've been kind of hanging on in there for dear life all the while I'm kind of divulging this to family and friends and so over time you know understandably I, I kind of get it they don't like him you know and they're like very anti him yeah. And so when we, we split up in our May and I was, I was having some counselling and been doing sort of, you know, my own healing stuff and feeling really strong and, and, you know, getting over, getting over the kind of trauma of all of that. And, um, you know, recently we, we've been in touch and, you know, he's since been saying that he's getting help and we've been talking now for a couple of months and he does seem you know, like he's improved in, in many ways, but I realise it's going to be a long journey, but I'm getting into these situations where I'm avoiding people and I'm not being honest and it's, I'm fine, you know, it's, it's just bothering me. I'm, I'm thinking about it, spending a hell of a lot of time going around in my head, thinking about it. What, what do I do? Do I just be honest? And then I'm going to get this backlash from people. Does it, you know, what if this person, I fall out with this person over it, should, should I just not say anything? Um, you know, and then I'm like, who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? You know, are they in the wrong? Am I in, am I in the right? Yeah. I can understand they feel that way. Pardon? I can understand them feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. Their mama bear energy is coming out. They're showing that fierceness to protect someone that they care about, that they deem as being harmed. Yeah. I guess I'm looking at it from my point of view, because I'm, I'm a really supportive person that friends and family, anybody can come to me and I, I would never kind of turn away from them. I'd never, you know, say, well, look, you know, you're really not doing yourself any go. I, I don't want to hear about this, you know, and, and unless you, you know, not, unless you're doing the right thing, I can't be around you. Mm -hmm. But I know there's a couple of people in my circle that are going to be really going to be doing that. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get some real negative responses off of. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is my time to just face that and say, well, look, this is what I'm doing whether you like it or not and and kind of just see you know what happens in the relationship or, or do I just not tell them yeah yeah and what we've kind of got here Janelle is two separate issues happening so we've got the and I'm not really hearing you say do I get back together with boyfriend but you're sort of trying to figure that part out. What is this going to look like? And then the other issue is how do I handle the friends if I should choose to get back in relationship with him? Yeah. Kind of 
two separate things. And we can talk about both of them to, to a certain degree. I'm curious, you know, um, sort of the jealousy, the gaslighting, the emotional bullying. Let's, let's go there first, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Are those behaviors patterns that are familiar to you? Um, and not in my previous relationships. No, just, just in this relationship, but funny enough. Okay. And what was, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Yeah. So, um, my, my dad was, uh, very, very violent towards my mum. I, I grew up watching a lot of domestic violence in the house. Um, both my parents drink, drunk drinkers um and I was the go-between um you know I was always trying to pacify my dad and you know try and fix everything keep keep these guys together you know I made it my my goal if you like to kind of keep everyone happy in that in the house I had two brothers and they didn't really ever want to get involved so I took the responsibility on my own on my own shoulders from the age of about seven I was kind of counsellor to both parents mm. and and always kind of breaking up the fights and yeah so so it that that was um didn't realize that was traumatic but you know growing up now looking back um that was that I realized that was a trauma yeah. for a child yeah well, pretty big trauma, Janelle. Yeah. I do see a lot of similarities between my partner and um, my dad. A lot of similarities. Yeah. Tell me more. Well, I, I do think that kind of the, the, my relationship almost mirrors um, my mum and dad's relationship. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And we will typically seek out what is familiar to us. Mm. And I'm wondering if there was that element from childhood where you said your job was really to keep the peace, to make everyone happy and probably somewhere in that line of thinking, this might not even be a conscious thought, but probably a belief such as needing and wanting to fix people, yeah, rescue people, help people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to grow up really fast. Yeah. Because you had to sort of be the counselor to both parents. You had a lot of responsibility placed on you, would be my guess, to be managing parents. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, bit topsy-turvy, really, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so what are some of the behaviors or patterns from just that little bit of conversation that we just had that you see in yourself, some, some behaviors that maybe came out of your childhood conditioning? Yeah, this, this, um, you know, I was very determined as a kid. I was very focused on the problems that my mum and dad were having and very determined in making it, you know, making each person see the other person's side, you know, to, to try to, to make, to try stop these guys from breaking up and, um, very hypersensitive to their pain and suffering um you know my, my dad would walk walk in the room would would just be walking on eggshells and I could just feel his energy you know and uh, if he walked in the room something wasn't right you know you know it's like oh it comes everybody you know might keep my younger brother really quiet and you know get everything he needs you know like, hey dad here's your dinner and just just try to keep it the peace and pacify I've noticed that my behavior around my partner was exactly the same. Yeah. Walking on eggshells, he would walk in the door, 
and I would just see his face and he looks shitty <laughs> yeah I'm like oh hi you know hi. And, and I'm suddenly you know pussyfooting around and and just that walking on eggshells really recognize that same kind of behavior yeah Yeah. And there's some of the codependent tendencies, the codependent patterning that comes into play in order to create that feeling of of safety to your system. It's like, who do I need to be or what do I need to do in this moment to make him okay, to make him be pleased with me, to make this situation calm down. It's a very familiar feeling to your system. Yeah. 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 It's like sort of survival, um, sort of mechanism kicks, kicks in. Um, and, and especially when you've got children, I've got two children and it, it, it you know, and if, if it's around my children, I'm very protective. Um, I'd also notice it around friends and family if he was there and he'd say something a bit narky and, and a bit off off and it was to a friend or family member wow my heckles would go up yeah um but I very quickly started I very quickly recognized it very quickly after about six months into the relationship we're now eight years eight years in but it's been really, really tumultuous, really lots and lots of really explosive arguments because I see what the problem is and I just won't back down. But, I, you know, and I'll, I'll leave and then I'll come back. But, I, you know, I'm fighting to the bitter ends. I'm like, no, I know, I know this is right. I know this is right, you know. Um, trying almost, I guess, to get my point, of, point across, um, you know, to no avail. Yeah. Yeah. So when you end up sort of going your separate ways, which you said you're currently off, but you're talking right now, what brings you back into the relationship? Well, he's, whenever we split up, I mean, he'll, he'll end up contacting me at some point. It's never me going there. He'll, he'll message and say, how are you? And, you know, I'll be pretty strong for a while and then I'll crack and just think, oh, I just want to, say hi back and you know when we'll chat um this time it's I mean actually block I actually blocked my number this time I actually sorry I changed my number um which was a really big thing for me to do really really big because I'd had my number for years I was very attached to it so that was a real real big thing and big message and but he'd still he'd still managed he'd emailed me Mm. and I ended up responding after about I think it was two months and so we, we got talking and told me that he's you know sort of seeking some help and just in the in the some of the conversations we talk about um there seems to be some improvement in him more than ever before but you see if I'm going to say this to family and friends it's just going to sound so like oh yeah whatever he's a narcissist he's going to say that to you yeah. You know, you believe him, you, you know, you, you, you're, you're not, you, you need help. You're not, and I'm going to be, I feel like I'm going to be completely dashed. No one's going to believe me. I'm going to be put down and I just can't handle that mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. interaction with anybody. Yeah. At the same time, it bothers me that I'm also lying and I can't be honest. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll get there. What I'm really curious about Janelle is why do you want to be with someone who is gaslighting, who has gotten physical, who is emotionally bullying, who is utilizing drugs and alcohol and has shown lots of red flags of jealousy? What is it about him that you love? Because to me, I'm listening to you and I'm hearing you and I'm also sensing it's sort of like it's almost as if you're reading off a bullet pointed checklist. Like there's just not a lot of feeling or emotion involved. It's like, this is just the way it is. This is just almost sort of like my lot in life. And this is 
what I need to endure. There's just not a lot of feeling and emotion that yeah. I'm, I'm sensing from you. Okay. That's interesting to hear. Yeah. I get that. I can, now you put it like that, I can kind of hear myself saying it. I've, I feel like I've got to put up this sort of argument for it in, in, um, well, and you've had to put up a wall, of course, to be yeah. physically safe, to be psychologically safe, emotionally safe. From the time you were a small child, there is probably a very big wall mm. because vulnerability equals danger. Feeling yeah. feelings equals danger. So put the wall up, do what you got to do, get through life. Because when we feel it hurts too much. Yeah. Um, it sounds, you know, to say I love him, you know, just sounds really pathetic. Um, what sounds pathetic about it? I feel like that's not warranted or, you know, I can't, people are just going to be like so what you, you you love someone but you you shouldn't have to put up with those you still need to be strong enough to it doesn't matter if you love someone you still need to be able to walk away from a really bad situation um and I feel I'm going to be judged heavily my question for you Janelle is is it really love do you really feel seen and heard and cared for and intimate and vulnerable and connected with this person is there that felt sense of safety do you, or do you is know it what? it's really mad because it's um and I don't know if this is the narcissist thing I, I don't know but yeah sometimes there is just a mad a maddest connection we're we're very close very intimate very very close and he's very great at sort of talking about things and, and articulating and and talking, you know, and saying sorry and trying to, you know, talk about the past and what he's been through and trying to work through it. And then, and all of a sudden, then it's like two different personalities. Yeah. It's like I'm dealing with two different personalities. So, which know, can be very confusing. Yes, because we can really up on this fantasy of what it could look like. Yeah. What the relationship could potentially look like. My concern is, like I said, a couple of things where this sort of behavior is familiar to you. And so yeah. is it a matter of that five, six, seven-year-old little girl picking a partner that just simply it feels familiar versus really coming from that adult self, really working on your own attachment wounds, falling so in love with yourself yeah. that you're not willing to compromise or settle for anything less or any partner that, that treats you less than what you really deserve. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that it's not possible with this relationship, Janelle, because and the word narcissism is so tossed around in today's culture. Yeah. And I hesitate to use it mm -hmm. um, because it's a label that, you know, technically comes from the DSM handbook and, you know, there's, there's certain things to watch for and, and look for. And, and I don't have those credentials or that level of training to be able to do that. And everybody in today's world is now a narcissist, right? That's kind of the hot yeah. term. Yeah. One of the things that I will share with you is, you know, if there is a lot of I, I'm sorry's and there is some level of him trying to repair, if he is truly going to therapy, wanting, craving, desiring some of these changes, really healing from his past, of course, a healthy relationship can be possible yeah. if that is tr his true desire. If he's yeah. doing it to simply manipulate or to drag you along, then no. 
Of course not. But if you are actually starting to see real implementation, real integration of what's happening in his therapy sessions, then perhaps he's actually not a narcissist. He's just someone who has a lot of wounding, a lot of attachment type trauma and got some really aggressive type protective parts. Yeah. Yeah. Because typically you won't hear a narcissist saying a lot of, I'm sorry's. You typically won't hear a narcissist wanting to sign them up for, sign themselves up for therapy because a true narcissist typically doesn't think that there's anything wrong with themselves. Yeah. And he's not here. We're not, I'm not coaching with him. I'm not talking to him. So I don't really know, but I did want to just reflect back to you some of those pieces. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Um, and there is a, a sense of, um, you know, this real big desperate um, part of him that, that wants to sort this out and, you know, seeking sort of therapy in, in, in a top clinic in London with a psychiatrist and, you know, and, and we've spoken and I can, I can hear it. I can hear it in his voice, you know, he's, he's pretty broken. He's, he's pretty broken and, and really sort of, you know, wanting not to sort things out with me, but wanting to sort things out with himself and talking about the things that have happened in the past that he's not really spoken about before. Mm. So, um, well, and that's a beautiful sign, Janelle. What you yeah. just shared, it's not even so much about the relationship. He's not necessarily doing it for you. Of course, to a certain degree, he is because it sounds like he's desiring to be with you. But it's also really important. What I just heard you say is that he's doing it for himself. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard him, you know, say, say, tell me some really awful situations that he's got himself in very destructive situations with the drink, drugs and alcohol um, over the past sort of five or six months, shocking situations. And, you know, he's kind of just really upset and telling me, you know, he doesn't want to do that anymore. And he realizes that, you know, he's been putting up a wall since he was a kid and, you know, and he was invincible and now it's all crumbling, coming down around him and he's lost me, he's lost friends, he's lost family members and it's all coming to a head. And so I'm hearing a lot of kind of like he's moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not there with open arms going, right, okay, come on, let's get back together then. And, you know, but, you know, I'm listening to him. I'm not shutting the door on him. You know, I can only say I think it's great if 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 he's really going to go down this road, it's fantastic. Um, you know, so that's the one part, like you say, and then I've got the other part where I just know that people are just going to be. Yeah, yeah. So let's kind of let's kind of wrap up this part, and then we can move into the other part. So I think what's really essential for you to consider, Janelle, is both of you doing your own work. And I'm really glad, quite honestly, to hear you say you're not necessarily in that space of welcoming him back with open arms. Let's get back together. Let's do this. I think that is quite essential moving forward for the both of you is that not only are you doing your own work as individuals, because you've got a lot of trauma and and wounding in your own, from your own childhood as well. Yeah. Like there wasn't a secure attachment for you. There wasn't an adult in the household being present with you, attuning to you, right? Like leading you from that place of a secure leadership type place. You were as a child having to try to lead your parents. Yeah. And so there's a lot of wounding around that, I'm sure. Yeah. And so for you to be doing your own work, coming into healthy relationship with yourself is essential for you moving forward. Yeah. As well as him doing his own work, really unpacking some of his deep trauma and wounding, which sounds like happened in his childhood. And if it's possible, also, if you're considering being in relationship with him, I would 
very much also recommend you being in some sort of process of healing together, whether it's therapy, relationship coaching, something where you're both doing your own work, both coming back to that place of secure attachment and health, and then working as a couple together. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And really evaluating what you want in a relationship because you do not have to settle for abuse, for Mm. gaslighting, for emotional bullying. That's what was familiar to you. So your work, Janelle, is to heal those wounded parts of yourself that didn't get what she needed as a little girl. What did you need, Janelle, as a little girl that you didn't get? Oh, I should have, I should have been a little girl. I shouldn't have been the adult for, for starters. You know, I was like the parent, I guess, trying to sort out, you know, two, two, two adults. Um, and just, you know, yeah, like to be seen and heard as a, as a child, I, th- I guess a lot of, a lot of my growing up was a bit stunted and you know, wasn't really able to to sort of grow up as a, a normal seven year old when you've got, you know, you're you're walking around really hypersensitive to all stuff going on around you, and just keeping everybody else happy. Your own happiness is is being um, sac- sacrificed to a certain point. Yeah. 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 So part of your work is to reparent yourself. And mm. give yourself that little one inside what she so desperately needed. Mm. Tell her all of the things that she needed to hear. Yeah. And to really allow her to come forward and to build connection and trust with her. Yeah. Yeah. I do think I've, a lot of why I, I hung on in the relationship was I was very worried about being on my own and feeling like I needed a man. My dad, my dad was a very, very alpha male character. My mum's very feminine, and um, you know there, there was a real um, sense of kind of depend. My mum really kind of depended on my dad, you know, to do man thing, manly things, you know, and and my partner took on that role. And I'm very, you know, house proud, housewifey type character. So we, 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 we fit these roles. We kind of, you know, I just we just became my mum and dad, and um, I see that. And then the times when we'd be arguing, I'd be so nervous about splitting up. It's like I can't, can't be without a guy, you know. But I feel that I know it's not been a long time, but since March, we've been. Um, split up I've, I've been doing quite a lot of work on, on myself and having some counseling and stuff and I've gone through some real you know times where I felt lonely and some times where I've just yeah a lot of realizations and I've been I've been okay I've been all right on my own I feel like I've worked through some some stuff already yeah so I don't feel like I'd be getting back with him because of that I don't feel like I'd be getting back with him because I need to get back with him because I can't be on my own Um, Yeah. And I love that you said that because part of your work also will be to sort of move from, I'm guessing you have a little bit more of that anxious attachment style where, you know, you mentioned needing to be with somebody, needing to make sure that they're okay so that you feel okay, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. So your work will be more learning how to regulate your own nervous system by not co-regulating with another person, but just really learning that you are safe. You are okay on your own, that you don't need a partner to, to feel worthy and enough and safe and okay. Sure. Would you love a partner to share life with and to share connection and companionship? Absolutely. 
Yeah. But you also don't need that in order to feel whole or safe or okay. So part of your work is really learning to resource yourself versus always depending on somebody else. Yes. Yes. So what um, are some of those things, Janelle, that really help you feel grounded, that feel, can that help you connect with yourself? Gosh, now I do, I meditate. <laughs> I have salt baths. I listen to some, you know, podcasts, I, you know, stuff that, stuff like that you put on, um, other people doing very similar, you know, talks and, you know, lots of sort of lots of sort of reading material I've um I've actually done my own counseling course I did level two and level three in counseling last year and um I'm just looking into do a therapeutic coaching course myself which Mm. is looking at sort of various modalities into um therapeutic coaching which is brilliant because there's a lot of self-development stuff you know there yeah so looking at being a coach yourself, is that what you're saying? Yeah, therapeutic coach, yeah. Beautiful. It's, yeah, it's really, really good. I've always been into psychology and counseling and stuff like that since I was younger, which probably stems from the kind of, you know, wanting to help and fix people, I guess, from, from a young age. Well, um, and, and coaching is is not about fixing people. It's about really leading people to their own truth. Yeah, which is where I'm going now. I've, I've, I've kind of come out of the counselling. I was doing counselling last year, studying it, and I thought, God, you know, I don't. This the, the talking therapy. I was thinking, Gosh, this just keeps you in a bit of a negative loop. I want to do something else. I want to, you know, I don't. I want to come out of that and look at sort of other, other, other options. So, you know, I'm studying all of that, and that's breaks. That's that's me. That's all for me. Mm. You know, and there's so much sort of like that. That's 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 something I'm doing for myself. Yeah. Um, and that's given me lots of strength. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, and I love doing, that. Yeah. Been and the way, the way that you're, you, yes, you are, you're, you're doing so many beautiful things and the way to, not that we want to go too far down this direction, but I heard the energy shift and the excitement when you were speaking about coaching and the best way to really be able to to coach powerfully and to hold space for people is to make sure that you're doing your own work. Yeah. So I really want to see you continue to, to embody and integrate some of your own individual work and really meeting with little Janelle daily, yeah. talking to her asking her what she needs and just listening and waiting for the answer. She may speak to you directly. It might be a little bit more of a feeling or a sensation. It might be an image, but I really want you to be connecting with little Janelle on a daily basis and reparenting her and giving her everything that she did not get as a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. When we begin to reparent ourselves and really stand in our place of power, we also set healthy boundaries, which is the next conversation. I know you're wanting to get a little resolution around how to deal with friends and family. When we really begin this process of reparenting and giving that little one inside what she didn't get, we can access that courageous and confident energy more easily so that Mm. we can set those healthy boundaries with friends and family. Yeah. 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 So I'm hearing you say right now, you want to just sort of see where this lands with him. He do his work. You do your work. You do some work potentially together. And you don't want to make any decision right now, which I think is perfect. Yes. Like we're not going to decide to be together. We're not going to decide to be apart. We just don't know how all of this is going to flesh out. That's what I'm hearing today. Is that true? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, if you're really wanting to be honest, right? Because boundaries are 
about being honest, Janelle, with who you are. Boundaries yep. are about being honest with the capacity that you have in this season of life. They're about saying, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I need. This is what I desire. And so this is a really beautiful opportunity for you to set a healthy boundary with friends and family and just say, you know, I know that you're not in alignment with my decision. Yeah. And that's okay. I understand that your protective part is coming out and wanting to make sure I'm okay and wanting to protect me. And and that makes sense. Yeah. But right now I don't know where this is going to land and I just really need support. I really need a true friend. I really would love to have you come alongside me through this process. And I also understand if you're not able to do that, how does that feel? Yeah, Yeah, that sounds pretty good. (laughs) That sounds pretty good. I mean, the fact that I couldn't come up with it myself, um, what does that say, I guess? I, I guess my, I'm still working on my boundaries because like you say, if my boundaries were in place, I'd, I'd be just, right, no, this is it for me. This is what I'm saying. But I guess I'm, I'm still at that. I'm still working on them. So that's why I need the advice in how to <sighs> articulate it, I guess. Yeah, well, and I find that, you know, there's so much misinformation out there about boundaries. They're really not this set of rules that we bring forward into relationships. Sometimes, sometimes, Janelle, they can be, because as we are healing, if we are somebody that was really, really porous with our boundaries, meaning we were boundaryless. Sometimes we do have to lean into a little bit of rigidity as we are healing. Sometimes we have to just say no for a little while, but if we're always saying no, and we're coming into our relationships with this list of rules, we will wake up one morning and be incredibly isolated and be incredibly lonely. So what we really want to do is we want to play with your nervous system. When we're setting boundaries, we really want to lean into the feedback of the body. And that's what boundaries are. Boundaries are really about the point at which we can no longer be ourselves. And what I mean by that is when somebody is pushing back, when somebody is doing something that maybe doesn't feel good to us, whether it's your kid Mm -hmm. having a temper tantrum, whether it's your friend saying, I can't believe that you would even consider going back into this relationship. What are you thinking? You start to feel that activation in your body, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just the thought of it, the thought of having some of these conversations, I'll get fear and anxiety. Where do you feel that in the body, Janelle? Fear and anxiety. Oh, like in my chest. Totally like in my chest, like breathing, you know, I feel very sort of tall and a bit, bit sort of strung, strung up. Um, Yeah, nervous, nervous Nervous. in my body. Okay. So nerves kind of like maybe a butterfly sensation. Yeah. Even talking about it now, I'm like (sighs) struggling to kind of catch my breath. Yeah. So you're noticing you're having a shortness of breath. Yeah. I'm guessing breath is really high in your chest. Yes, it's at the top. Yeah. If ever I get anxiety, I suffer very much with the kind of breathing, shallow sort of breathing I get. Um, Because I'm I'm having these conversations in my head with everyone, thinking the worst that this is what they're going to say to me and how am I going to deal with it? Yes. Yes. And what's happening is you're going into, in those moments where you're breathing into the chest, breathing is becoming shallow, butterflies are happening in your system. You're getting nervous. There's probably other somatic symptoms happening in your body. I don't know. You know, sometimes it's a lump in the throat. Sometimes it's temperature increase of the body. Um, It can be a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But the point is having that moment 
where you're going into your sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight mode. And a lot of times with fight or flight mode, that's when we go into our heads and we start having these racing, ruminating thoughts. We're just spinning in kind of thought land. What are we going to say? And what are they going to say? And right. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's your sign right there. All of those somatic cues that you so beautifully articulated, that's your sign. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm about to lose connection with myself. If you come one step closer to me, whomever, when your friends or whomever, if you come and not physically one step closer to me necessarily, I mean, it could be, but we're talking like, like if you just keep pushing or you just keep having that tantrum or you just keep saying, pointing the finger in my face, yeah, I am about to lose myself and I'm about to go into pattern and yeah. pattern for you would be walking on eggshells. It would be dimming your voice, uh, self-censoring, playing yeah. small codependent type patterning, needing that person to be okay so that you can be okay. That's the moment where it's like, ding, ding, ding. I got to, I got to pause. That's your pause button right there. All of those somatic cues. Mm -hmm. That's when you want to take a deep breath. Breath is usually the fastest way to come back home to ourselves, to connect ourselves. So if you can breathe, not in your chest, because that's going to activate your sympathetic nervous system even more. You want to really breathe into the belly, get that breath moved down into the belly because that's going to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, yeah, which yeah. is where we, you know, rest and digest, where we feel connected to ourselves, where we can start to, you know, become grounded, eventually maybe calm. And then we can really set those boundaries with those people that you're, that you're talking about from our place of power. Not that there's still not a few little nerves there, not that your armpits still aren't maybe a little sweaty, not that your knees still aren't maybe knocking a little bit, but you can start to really speak your truth from an authentic place and not from a place of old conditioning and people-pleasing codependent ways. Yeah, that's exactly it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I kind of talked a lot right there. Tell me in all that, what's really present or alive for you right now? Just worried that I won't be able to do it. Just worried that in the moment, I'm just going to crumble and I'm just going to look like a complete idiot. And I'm not going to be able to put my argument across properly. And I'm going to look like um, I'm just, I'm going to be judged. And then I'm going to really look. Like, I don't know what it is I want. I don't know what it is I'm I'm not going to be putting the argument across. I'm going to kind of lose the battle totally. I'm not, I'm yeah. not, going, to, I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to be able to ex- explain myself at all. And I'm going to get judged. What happens if you are judged? Yeah, I don't like it. I hate it. I just feel pissed off <laughs> yeah so what if you're pissed off I'm not that person's not seeing me in in the right way but I'm just not getting my I'm not getting it out properly I'm not able to express myself in the way that I need to and the person's not seeing the, the where I'm coming from that actually is stronger than what I appear to be mm. why do you need them to see you in the quote-unquote right way Gosh, acceptance, acceptance and being liked is always people pleasing. Yeah. People pleasing. Yeah. Hate confrontation, hate conflict, hate being talked down and, you know, stumbling for words, not being able to get something out. And and the other person thinking they know better about me than I know about themselves. Mm hmm. Yeah. And you said something really important. We're all wanting safety in our lives. And typically one of the ways in which we do that is approval, seeking other 
people's approval, permission. We want to know that we're liked. We want to be valued by other people. Yeah. But this, Janelle, is about what you want. Mm. It's not about other people. They don't have to live your life. They don't have to wake up in the morning and do you. They have to do themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You get to approve of you. Yeah. That's what matters first and foremost is you approving of you. And when you approve of you, you don't put so much energy into what others think of you. Yeah. And this is where doing continuing, and I know you already said you are continuing on your healing path, really learning how to build secure attachment, learning how to really love you because you didn't really get that as a child. Again, I I know I, I sound like a broken record, but you didn't get that caregiver, that parent tending to your needs, telling you how important you are, how worthy and valuable you, you were. You didn't get that parent that, you know, when you came home and didn't get invited to the slumber party on Friday night that everybody else in the class got invited to, you didn't have that caregiver saying, I'm so sorry. I can see how much that hurt you. Let's sit down on the couch and let's talk about it. How are you really feeling? Yeah. And so you created this part of yourself that leaned into people pleasing and having to strive for people's acceptance in order to feel that validation, that love, that worthiness, that, that value. Yeah. So it's really, really important that you keep doing your own work. Can you see that? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because you may get to a place as you're doing your own work where you say, this is not a relationship that I even desire anymore. And you may, I, I don't know. I don't know. But when you really come back to loving the person looking in the mirror, when you come back to loving that little girl inside, this may all shift for you. And you may say, you know what? I'm just, I want more for myself. I'm not available for this kind of behavior or, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. that part is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's been so hard for you to set boundaries is because literally your system feels like it's death. Mm. If someone doesn't approve or like you or agree with you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I just, I just know I've got to deal with it. I've got to face it and I've got to deal with it because the fear, it's just, it's just a crippling. It just kind of gets the better of, you know, I'm just sick of procrastinating about it. And I know once I deal with it and face it, then I don't have to think about it or worry about it anymore. But <laughs> the thought of facing it just fills me with fear. Yeah. Of course, of course. And I totally get that. And you can handle discomfort. That is actually... That is another thing that people just don't understand about boundaries is so often we think we're going to get to this place where boundaries are just incredibly easy. And I'm here to say that I've been doing this work a really long time and they're still not always easy. Some are, of course, some are, and others, when it's in relationships that really matter, people that we really care about, they're not so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Stake here. There's a lot at stake. And so the way that you start to work through this is to stand in the discomfort, Janelle, and use what I like to call radical authenticity as you're setting your boundaries, really sharing with that person. I'm really afraid to tell you this. Okay. Yeah. I did wonder if that was um, a good, good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, be honest. I'm nervous to have this conversation with you because I'm so worried you're going to be mad at me or you're not going to want to be friends with me. 
but I need to speak my truth. Yeah. I think so often we think boundaries are about putting on the superwoman cape, standing in pose with, you know, fists on our waist or our hips and acting like we've got it all together, acting like a confident person on the planet. And I'm here to say, normally that's not how it goes. Normally it is using this concept of radical authenticity and and really sharing with people that we're nervous, we're, we're fearful, we're sad, we're angry. Already feel um, so much comfort in that, in what you're saying instantly yeah. just made me relax into myself and just think it's like a sigh of relief <laughs> beautiful beautiful yeah. because I'm honest. it's honest and you kept actually using that word and I think that relief that's coming to your system is because this is an honest approach to boundaries yes if I can be myself and say something like that then that is perfect beautiful that really resonates. Brilliant. Yeah. And you might flub up and you might have the words come out sideways. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yep. We don't go to the gym and get the sculpted bicep muscle by just imagining in our minds going to the gym. We actually have to drive to the gym, pick up the barbell and lift the weights. And then we do it again and again and again and again. And three, four, six months down the road, guess what? We have a beautifully sculpted bicep muscle. Same with boundaries. Sometimes they come out clunky. Sometimes they come out discombobulated, but you keep going. Yeah. You pause when you notice that sign of dysregulation in your body and you, you know what that looks like. You know what that feels like for you. And you check in with yourself and you breathe. You just get that breath deep down into the belly. You breathe. You can gently press each finger into the thumb, into your thumbs one by one. You can do that down by your sides. Nobody even needs to know you're doing it. You can bilaterally tap the sides of your thighs. Bilateral Mm -hmm. tapping. All of these things, Janelle, They seem incredibly simple and they are, but they're all somatic practices to help you come home to the body so that you aren't disconnected and aren't going into pattern and losing yourself completely in the conversation. And all of a sudden now you're people pleasing again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I would also say, take some time after you have these conversations. What's really important is your system probably will be fairly dysregulated or a little dysregulated. Take some time to really nurture yourself because you just did a really big, courageous, risky, vulnerable thing. So spend some time nurturing yourself. You mentioned you love the hot baths, anything that just feels nurturing to your system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really important. Yeah. Yeah. So in all of this, Janelle, what is your work? What are you putting action to? Well, instead of feeling this uh, suffocating fear already, I don't feel that fear. I don't know. Something's lifted because you've given me a tool that I I now know I can use in in the situation as in dealing with the you know sort of friends and family if they ask me mm-hmm. you know anything about my partner ex-partner whatever we whatever we call him um and yeah as, as far as you know you know my healing journey is is, is definitely you know, I'm fully immersed in that at the moment and that will be continuing. And, you know, as I say, I'm not not jumping back into the relationship. He's got to do what he's got to do and I've got to do what what I'm doing, what I'm doing. Um, and I'm really happy with that. So that's, that's going to continue. I'm not worried about the relationship. I'm not worried about, I, I don't feel I've got to make any decisions on that. It's not like, oh, do I go back with him? Do I not? That, that, I'm, I'm cool with that. 
my concern is, you know, the, the sort of the friends and family and the honesty and, you know, just being my authentic self with them and dealing with being questioned and, and what to say and how to deal with it. And I just feel, yeah, I feel like I've got some tools now going forward how to deal with the situation if they arise. Beautiful. Beautiful. So was this helpful? Oh my gosh. Yes. Amazingly. Yeah. 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 I feel quite, yeah, quite, quite overwhelmed, quite liberating actually. Um, kind of like, you know, light, light bulb. It's like you've switched a light bulb on for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the power of coaching. I love it. It's brilliant. Yeah. I've just got a huge smile on my face. It's uh... <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Janelle. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you like this episode or you're a fan of the Becoming Boundaried show, the best way you can show your support is to share it on your social media outlets and with your family and friends. And if you're feeling really generous, we would love for you to hop on over to iTunes and give us a review. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of this community. Have an amazing week and as always, stay true to you.